My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all of the guidance, research, and encouragement that you need to remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, today, I've had this episode written, obviously. <laughs> like, I've had it written for months now, I feel, like for several weeks at least. And I think I've been not wanting to edit it and record it because I'm a little bit concerned that some people out there will be like, oh, first world problems. That's ridiculous. And it kind of is, but it's real. And I think of the times that I've kind of alluded to this topic. Um, I I know of at least like three or four women who jumped right at me and responded and said like, oh my gosh, me too. The dog mom guilt that I felt was even more significant than like the mom guilt that I felt. Um, So I do think that it's relevant. And if it's not for you, that's great. But if it is, I'm totally... One of my best friends told me that I am 100% that person who will like throw myself under a bus if it means helping somebody else. And I, I'm going to do that a little bit today. So at the cost of having someone kind of roll their eyes and say first world problems, I'm going to just lay it out because I don't want anybody else out there to be feeling like they're ridiculous for it. Um, so I'm with you. So since becoming a mom, I have just felt so freaking guilty about my dogs. And I've felt that emotion about a lot of things. Um, But this dog mom guilt, it lingers and I feel it every damn day. So Eli is now two and a half. And even to this day, um, it's just really real for me. And it's one of those feelings that I guess in my experience in motherhood, I feel like I've gone through tons of different phases where things were really hard for me. And then eventually I feel like I kind of master them and then I move on to the next challenging phase. And it feels like this dog mom guilt doesn't really ever change for me. So yeah, and it sucks and it and it aches and it hurts and it's persistent. It hits me every time I look out the window and see my two dogs, Asik and Emmett, they're sunbathing right now in our huge, beautiful, fenced-in yard while I'm inside playing Play-Doh with Eli. It hits me when they've been waiting for me to come home from work all day and I have to tend to a crying toddler first before I can even make eye contact with them. I feel like I could be a rock star in so many other areas and still keep falling short at being a dog owner. Now, I just want to get one thing straight. I know logically that I am, and in in fact, a really great dog owner. So my two dogs are objectively very happy. 
One of them, in fact, right now is chewing on a massive bone while the other is just letting my toddler son brush his hair with the TV remote. Like, they eat vet-recommended dog food. They get their nails done professionally and clipped at the vet on a regular basis. We take them for walks as frequently as we possibly can. I used to run with each of them three to 10 miles a week, and they loved it. And anything medical that they need, we pay for upfront without question. They sleep with us at night. They're safe and they're happy and loved and cared for, but it still just doesn't feel like it's enough. So ASIC is the first. He's my first baby. And we adopted him six years ago. Um, Yeah, it was six years ago when we moved to Wisconsin from Pennsylvania. And ASIC is like my shadow. People laugh and say that he's imprinted on me because he follows me everywhere and he doesn't leave my side to a fault. We have a really close bond, especially formed over running, like I said, and hence his name. He ran everywhere with me almost every day. He's done half marathons with me and even longer than that, longer distances. Some of my best and favorite memories are on long runs with ASIC, like him looking up at me with just the dopiest of smiles. And I'm literally like, even just like talking about this kind of makes me like hot and sweaty and teary eyed just thinking about it because I love them so much, but I just can't love them the same way that I did before. And our second dog, Emmett, came when I was a few months pregnant. So we adopted both of them. um, And I already felt guilty about getting a second dog because I knew it would be an adjustment for ASIC. But in all honesty, I was partly motivated to get another dog because I would legitimately cry over the thought of ASIC dying one day, like how some women have too many glasses of wine and cry about an ex-boyfriend. That was me, (laughs) except I would cry about my dog, who was like perfectly fine, still young, still super lively, and no indication that he was going anywhere anytime soon. But then I had Eli and everything changed. So my love and affection for the dogs turned to rage and just straight up irritation like all of the time. My calm around them turned to anxiety. They were constantly sniffing and trying to lick Eli. Um, They just always seemed to be under my feet and barking or needing to go outside at the worst times. And it seemed like the single moments of solitude that I had when I was peeing or showering, especially as a newborn mama, it would be interrupted by not one, but two dogs sitting in front of me trying to like sniff me or give me their paw. And as sweet as endearing as that was in hindsight at that moment, and I'm sure so many other moms can relate to this, I just wanted some freaking space and they made it impossible. And we did the best that we could. And instead of going for runs together, ASIC and Emmett were often like put outside. We would put them outside in our big fenced in yard while we bonded without them as a family. And that's so sad, but it was like we did everything that we could to keep them with us. But between them being under my feet, almost tripping me, my rage going through the roof and just not feeling good about them, it seemed like the best that we could handle at the time. So honestly, they they went from being the center of our worlds and feeling like we were a complete pact to suddenly being completely separate, if not like disowned in our own home some days, especially when I felt like I was in the trenches 
of newborn motherhood. So these dogs became an additional hassle among the millions of other hassles that parenthood brings, right? So we'd have to close the windows and the blinds during nap time so the dogs didn't bark and wake up the baby. I'd finally get the baby down. I would start to like finally have some time for myself, but then the dogs would bark at something outside and the baby would get up and it was just awful. I remember just moments of hating them, honestly. Like again, just being totally honest out there for the sake of other moms who probably have felt the same way. We'd have you know, when the dog, when the doctors would come over for visits for the baby, we had to do all this prep work so that the dogs were outside and so they didn't jump on the doctor, so that they weren't barking incessantly outside when they saw the doctor with the baby. And ASIC, I swear to God, like he barks at a fart in the wind three blocks down and Emmett steals just about anything and brings it to us either to destroy it or for attention. So he's eaten binkies and stuffed animals and I just felt like I was in such a frenzy having to coordinate a baby and two dogs, and I felt silly that I was having such a hard time over it. Something else that I've also learned about motherhood in general and about myself now that I have been a mom for two and a half years, something that is a really common trigger for people and definitely for me is just this sensory overload. So if I look back, for the past two and a half years and probably for my life, honestly, I'm really, really triggered. And I've been open before about my experience with anxiety, with panic, with rage during the newborn stages. And and honestly, for a very long time during my initial parts of being a mom, um, I feel like the times where I was struggling the most to stay rational and to stay calm was when there was just a, I was in this sensory overload. So People were talking to me or the baby was crying and the TV was on and someone was asking me a question about when the last time was that the baby's diaper was changed. And then all of a sudden, the dog starts to bark, right? And like, it's easier, obviously, to yell at the dog versus the newborn baby who's crying. And so I feel like a little bit of just projection was probably going on there too. Like as frustrated as I was about the baby crying or about just people needing so much from me, it was like, boom, as soon as that, like that dog bark just sent me over the edge. I know that there have been plenty of times too, where I was so anxious, just like cooking or, or doing something. It would be really quiet in the house. And then all of a sudden the dog would bark and I would legit like jump out of my skin. Like scared the heck out of me. And that brought me like to this place where I just was irritated by them all over again. And so going back, I really wish that I would have known more sooner about my triggers and about kind of what was going on because it was the issue. My hatred and like my irritation wasn't the dogs necessarily. It was all of the sensory stuff that I felt just completely overwhelmed with. And now I know better to kind of help manage those things and try to like put out small fires before there's like this big forest fire that I can't get out as far as rage or upset goes. So as far as that, what I mean is knowing when like I'm starting to get a little bit anxious, knowing when I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated or distressed. And like, that's when my husband needs to take the dogs for a walk. That's when they need to go outside in the yard for a little bit and get some energy out. That's when I need to turn the TV off 
you know, and take a step away so that I don't just let myself become sensory overloaded and end up freaking out on someone. So with that said, we're going to take just a short break while I tell you guys about one of my favorite products, and then we'll be right back with some more. I'm hitting the pause button quick to share with you guys a product that my family absolutely loves. Magic Spoon is a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's a healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving, compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs, compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. The fact of the matter is, this was all a change that I wasn't expecting. I expected not being able to sleep. I knew I'd have a lot of emotions around my baby and my new life as a mom. I did not expect to have so many big emotions around my dogs. Angry, irritable, sad, frustrated, guilty, mournful. No one prepared me for that. These emotions were compounded by feeling ridiculous and trivial for being upset over something like the dogs when there are moms out there begging desperately to have a child. But again, this is my experience and I'm here to share it with you openly and honestly. So all of this strife caused honestly so many issues between my husband and me. So I would say that honestly, now for sure, and and for a long period of time, I think honestly, I would argue to say that even the dogs were one of the biggest sources of arguments between the two of us. We fought constantly over who was responsible for taking the dogs for a walk. And if the dogs were acting up, I blamed him for not caring about their physical activity as much as I cared about their physical activity. If he went for a walk, if we went for a walk as a family without the dogs, I felt like they were just sitting at home all sad and depressed, wondering where the heck their long, long runs went, wondering where I went. <laughs> so two and a half years later, I still, like I've said, struggle with this so much. I still have days when I feel like the only time they got any quality time with me was before I got out of bed in the morning, when we're snuggling in bed under the covers, and when I get into bed with them at night. It seems like whole days can go by until I'm like, whoa, hey, buddy, like, how's it going? And just being pulled in so many different directions means that oftentimes they're down on my priority list. They're certainly not last because they still receive so much love and attention, but they're just not where they were before. And I know that they don't understand that. And I just, I don't know how much of this is me just like over intellectualizing dogs. (laughs) but it just makes me feel really awful leaving them for longer periods of time or really anything. Their life has just changed so much. So we haven't, for instance, like we haven't taken a family vacation without them because I'd feel terrible leaving them without us or in a kennel. The changing of my relationships with my dogs was just definitely not something that I felt prepared for and I'm still trying to navigate, but I take a deep breath and know 
and try to just trust that I'm doing the best that I can. Because in reality, they're probably thinking about nothing more than when they're getting fed next or where their next bone is and what hole they can dig up outside. At least I hope so. Um, Still, though, I wonder if that's all that's really going on in there or if they have felt these big changes too. I hope they know that I have tried my best and that I'm trying my best. I know that they still love us when they can't stop giving us attention when we get in the door, when their tails wag uncontrollably, when we finally do get the chance to give them our undivided attention, and when they love and protect Eli with all their might. They're so good with him. And I just hope Asik and Emmett know that I miss my time with them, too. I still hope that they would choose living with us and all of our mistakes and failures over anybody else. And their great big puppy dog eyes tell me that that has to be the case. And besides, like, I have to think that even though our relationship may be different, I try to remind myself that different doesn't always have to mean bad. So now our time is spent going on family walks, including Eli, who stops every 30 steps to point out a flower or to pick up a cool rock. So Eli chases them around in circles and the dogs love it. Now we take the dogs to go in the car to pick up Eli from daycare. Now the dogs hang out at my feet while Eli and I read his bedtime stories and rock him to sleep. They greet him in the morning with kisses and gear up for another day of trying to avoid his tail grabs and ear squeezes and full body jumps. And I just hope that they get it. Um, But it's still a really real issue and I feel it every day. And I just think that it's one of those processes that as we evolve as mothers, We just kind of have to give ourselves grace with that. And I'm sorry for any other mom who's dealing with it because it does suck. I mean, it's not like we can have conversations with them and kind of explain to them what's going on. And we don't have the time that we used to. We don't have the means or the ability or the mental capacity or the energy that we used to. So considering now, though kind of how our life is different and that that's not necessarily so bad. Maybe different isn't so bad after all. So either way, I hope they know that I appreciate they've hung in there for me and for our family. I know that things are different, but I still, I hope that they wouldn't change anything if they could, because I definitely wouldn't. Um, People have asked us before, like if we would ever consider putting them back for adoption and like that, absolutely not. Like they're part of our family. We will work with the vets and we will, and we've worked with trainers and we'll continue to kind of work through them as a family. They're part of our family. They are our family. Like it just would not be the same without them. Um, so yeah, so I guess the moral of the story here is that I'm with you. You're not alone. Even if part of you feels like this is guilty or this is kind of trivial and you feel guilty for it being so trivial, they're a part of your family. And again, like I said, you can't necessarily communicate with them. You can't explain to them what's going on. So you're kind of left with just a lot of guilt and uncertainty about how you're doing. And things are different, but different doesn't always have to be bad. So again, just trying to acknowledge that even though things are different, They're different in in ways that hurt. You know, I feel guilty and I feel ashamed sometimes, but I'm also able to enjoy memories now as a family with Eli that I wouldn't be able to enjoy earlier without him and trying to just to take all that into account. So I hope that this was helpful. Open always to different 
solutions or different thoughts that you guys have about this topic. So if you're with me, definitely reach out um, and just know that you're doing the best that you can. I believe that dogs, there's something just so special about dogs that they, they're just so forgiving, right? And I think even if they can't obviously know exactly what's going on, I think they have an idea kind of of these changes. And again, every time that they wag their tails when we come next to them, every time that they freak out when we come home, I have to believe that they're giving me some grace. And so I'm going to try to give myself some of that grace too. So hope this was helpful. Let me know what you guys think. For more information and resources, you can head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune in to some other episodes while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other women and people in general who need these resources and they would otherwise not get them. With that said, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.